Michaela, we need to talk about, we need to talk about Kevin. Ah, uh, we do. We do need to talk about, we need to talk about Kevin. That, <laughs> that was right before we started recording. I was like, I have a funny intro I want to do. <laughs> um, and that was the extent of it. It really wasn't I was good, I was but... ready for like... <laughs> No, it was good. That was good. That was great. That's all we needed. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Good. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to Movies to Give You Goosies. Uh, I'm Cole. I'm Michaela, your co-host. <laughs> yes. Uh, and today we're talking about, we need to talk about Kevin. Yes. Yeah. So we, this this is, this is a weird one. It is a weird one. Uh, mostly, mostly because... Well, for for one thing, the story is told non-chronologically. So I think for us to try to like walk everyone through the story, I don't think that would work Definitely very not. well. We would all um, be confused. It would all be bad. <laughs> We're not yeah, going to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I, I like I was just saying to Michaela, like, I think to, you know, walk through the story scene to scene or even just try to lay it out chronologically would be doing the story a huge disservice because it's yeah. told so wonderfully, I think, in this movie. Yeah, it's um, very intentional and to try to deconstruct that would feel like sad. Like it just it just right, right. it's justice. So yeah. So I'll I'll start out. I'll go into some quick production details. Who's who on the project? I'll ask, did it give you gooseies? And then we'll have some non-spoiler talk. And after that, get into some some spoilers. And we also have three messages from listeners who also watched this movie yeah. and uh, had some things to say. So we'll we'll share those later on. Um, yes. Yeah. Cool. Great. Uh, okay. So we need to talk about Kevin. Uh, it's a 2011 film directed by Scottish director, writer, producer, and cinematographer Lynn Ramsey. Uh, Lynn Ramsey has directed three other features, Ratcatcher, Morvan Collar, and You Were Never Really Here, as well as a handful mm -hmm. of short films. I have not seen Ratcatcher or Morvan Collar, but I, I would recommend You Were Never Really Here. Is that a uh, horror movie well. or is it? Um, Like, not really. I don't know if I've seen it. I probably have, maybe. It's yeah, it's kind of hard to pin down. It's got Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix in it. Um, he's very good. It, it came out like I was gonna say it came out very recently, but it came out like four years ago already. Okay, or almost four years ago. Cool. 20, 2017 is still like last year. It me. is so weird how that works. <laughs> uh, the, the film was written by Lynn Ramsey and Rory Stewart Kinnear while they were married to one another. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're not anymore though, <laughs> and it was adapted from the novel of the same name by Lionel Shriver. Um, cast includes Tilda Swinton, fantastic, mm -hmm. as Eva Kachadorian. Mm -hmm. uh, John C. Riley, also just always fantastic, as Franklin. Ezra Miller as Teenage Kevin. Jasper Newell as Kevin from ages six to eight. <laughs> and Ashley Gerasimovich as Celia, the younger of the Kachadorian siblings yeah this was really a superstar cast i feel like i yeah like we we've established that i have zero memory ever but i did recognize all of them which is a lot for me so wow that's big that's yeah, big where so I, where do you 
Do you know where you recognize like mm. each of them from? Well, Ezra Miller was in uh, who, Wallflower. Um, <laughs> the Perks of Being a Wallflower. <laughs> yeah, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Um, and yeah, there are a couple yeah. other ones I think I've seen. Uh, Franklin, mm. the guy who plays Franklin, is just like in <clears> everything, <throat> but I never could like renem- remember his name or or like what he's been in. So I looked it up and <clears throat> I think I've seen yeah. some of his movies. And then Tilda, Tilda? Tilda? Mm-hmm. Swine. Tilda Swinton. Swinton. Tilda Swine. Swine. Tilda, Tilda the Swine. <laughs> I just feel like she has a face that you recognize. I have. N- mm-hmm. I didn't recognize any of the movies she was in, but mm. she. I'm sure That's I've seen her in something. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I she, thought she was in, in Scandal. So she's much. not in Scandal though. Oh, the TV show. Yeah. It. It's not her. But it's another like. Yeah. Blonde thin tall woman it's <laughs> very similar <laughs> and is a great actress oh you know who it is it's Portia it's it's Ellen's wife and anyway oh um, okay yes <laughs> yeah yeah so anyway yeah super sarcastic. they did amazing <clears throat> yeah yeah no Tilda Swinton I I don't know like what the first movie I saw her in was Pro- probably the Grand Budapest Hotel the mm, Wes Anderson movie that's a really good movie. That's a very, very funny movie. <laughs> She's like a smaller part in it. Okay. Uh, but then she played a, a larger role in the 2019 remake of Suspiria. And by a larger role, I mean she played three roles. Oh, wow. Uh, one of which was an old German man. <laughs> oh, wow. And it's completely believable. She's so fantastic. <laughs> I can she, see it. Yeah. 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 No, she's she's a really great actress. Um, yeah. She also produced this movie. She was a producer on this movie long before she was cast in it. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Other... Any, anything else to add to the cast? No, I don't think so. Okay. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, John C. Riley's fantastic in everything also. I think he he, he does a yes. Okay, yeah, cool. he plays Franklin cool. the husband. <laughs> he he does like a lot of comedy, but then yeah. he also does like a lot of dramatic work too. Yeah, see, I think I've seen his face on covers of like those movies he does with um Will Ferrell. Is that what he does? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've yeah, seen his face, yeah, but I don't think I've ever actually watched the movies. Like I think my dad just has them laying around the house and none of us have actually seen them. He's like stepbrothers or something. Never seen it. Yes. Seen the yeah. cover a million times. Never seen it. But, <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's all right. He, <laughs> he, and he's, he's very funny in that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's yeah, anyway. all I have to say. About <laughs> <Okay. that movie. laughs> he's pretty good at it. Yeah. So I, <laughs> Michaela, did we need to talk about Kevin? Give you gooseies. Did it give you goosebumps? Um. That's a really hard question because, like, no, <laughs> but it was really good. Okay. It just mm-hmm. wasn't like scary to me because I think the scariest part I just saw coming. Like, it was it was not hidden. Like, it wasn't a surprise to me. It was all like sure. the whole movie builds to this moment that you're you're kind of expecting it. I think so. Right, it didn't right. Freak me out. I think there's habits that the characters have that are kind of gross and like 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 freaking ketchup on eggs or like not taking your eggshells out of your eggs before you cook them or like biting your nails and lighting them up on the table like those are gross <laughs> you know it's gross but i wouldn't say goosey so i would I, say <laughs> no <laughs> that's so that's so funny you that's funny you bring up the like eating 
eggs, <laughs> eggshells out of your, out of your yeah. eggs thing, because I don't think that's intentional. I don't think that her character <laughs> intentionally does that. Well, I mean, it makes sense in the story because like, mm-hmm. you know, she gets all the broken eggs and then she cooks them and she just like pulls them out. But she like yeah. lines them up the same way Kevin lines his nails up. So that like yeah. freaked me out because I was like, oh, you see the tendencies that he has in her throughout the whole movie. So I right. think like mind goosies, but not physical goosies, you know, like it, it was uh-huh, intellectually uh-huh. like really freaky, but there was no point where I was like, Oh, I didn't expect that. Like it was, it was building to that moment for sure throughout the whole, whole movie. So yeah. How about yeah. you? I, it definitely gave me goosies. And I mean, like I've, I've seen it once before. Mm-hmm. So coming back to it, I like I did know what to expect, but I think I got very caught up in the uh, visual storytelling mm-hmm. and just the performances of of all these lead actors, uh, Ezra Miller, yeah. Tilda Swinton, John C. Riley. They're all Fantastic. like so so great in this movie. Yeah, that like I think I just got very wrapped up in it, mm-hmm. and um, there's like such a there's a very pervasive sense of dread. I think like yeah, throughout the entire the film. Thing, yeah. Yeah. And some scenes just really gave me that like sinking feeling in my yeah, stomach. For sure. I think Tilda Swinton. You can see, except for like early before her having children and getting married, none of her emotions change because she feels a sense of dread from the moment she gets married until the end of the movie. And it's all kind of that that dread and that sadness and depression kind of lives in her and in her character through the whole movie. So I, and maybe that's also why I wasn't so freaked out because she was sad and angry the whole time. Also, yeah. I have to admit, I did <clears throat> like accidentally get drunk before I watched the first time. So that could kind of be part of it. <laughs> like I was not planning on like getting drunk and then I made two mm. very, very strong drinks. And I was like, oh shit. Okay. <laughs> so I mean I met my roommate like we were sitting there and she was like, this is gonna happen. And I was like, okay, well thanks for ruining the entire movie for me. Like, <laughs> You're like, I mean, it's told out of order. So like we kind of have yeah, hints of what happened. Yeah. But... And literally like the first time there's like a hint, she's like, I know exactly what's happening. And she said it out loud. And I was like, hey, you didn't have to do that. Like I could have enjoyed this. And I did. Like I still very mm. enjoyed it. But yeah. It was... Yeah. I mean, I, I think it doesn't hinge on you not knowing what yeah, happens. That's true. I mean, like I said, I've I've seen it before and it, it was still very effective for me. Yeah, for um, sure. So uh, yeah, I I just I think it's a very it's a very um I don't know, I don't know what the right word for it is. It's a very bold story. It really <laughs> I think that's is, yeah. The best uh, way of describing it I have right now. Yeah. And it's all—it's one that could like really, really not work. I think in the wrong hands. Mm. But it was in the right hands. So it was in the right hands. We, and, we were and blessed with this my opinion. Very yeah. sad and depressing story, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I guess to to like talk. Uh, sort of specifically sort of vaguely about one of those scenes that kind of gave me a a sinking feeling in my stomach and this is like one of the only ones I can really I guess bring up without Mm -hmm. being like so here's what happens in the story so far (laughs) and then this happens out um but it's just like that opening shot of the movie Mm -hmm. with the drapes with the open door drapes are like blowing in the wind and you hear the sound of the sprinkler outside and it's dark out and 
or yeah. is it dark out? Yeah, it is. I can't remember. It is. Okay. I just watched the first two <laughs> minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's dark. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's dark. Yeah. And it's just like, this is just this sense of what lies beyond this door. Yeah. Like, what are we about to see? True. And then we don't see it for most of the until movie. The last scene. Yeah. <laughs> until, yeah, one of the last scenes. And when that shot finally comes back and it's put within the context of the rest of the film, like mm -hmm. that feeling only got worse as I realized. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this is what we're yeah. going to see on the other side of the door. They did a really interesting thing with the sound design there because, well, actually the whole movie, um, mm -hmm. but specifically the sprinkler comes up in very specific moments that that kind of brings back that like e what is what is going to happen feeling like mm -hmm. what is what is going on like what what is it hinting at they use the sprinkler for that a lot and i think that i mean it makes sense in the end um but <laughs> that that first shot is definitely i get what you mean for sure yeah yeah, well, it, it's interesting you bring that up too, that it's used throughout the movie to sort of like create that sense of dread because the movie is very much told like in retrospect, like looking back mm -hmm. to Lewis Winton's character, Eva. Um, she, she's very like numb and sort of grieving in a way and she's angry and this all feels so unfair. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what did I do wrong? So she she's like looking back at everything. And I think that, noise is like so haunting for yeah. her yeah so yeah it has to be drop it in sure. yeah that's so smart yeah i didn't even think yeah. about that i think it's really telling that we see the whole story from her perspective as like a mother and and someone and i think if we want to get into themes a little bit like it talks mm -hmm. it definitely hints at like this nature versus nurture theme with kevin like definitely that's a, that's a, like an age-old argument that like this movie is really trying to confront of like this mother didn't want to be a mother but she tried her hardest anyway and like this is how her kid you know turned out and so was that because right. of nature or was it because of her as a mother or, or Franklin <laughs> as a father you know like it yeah yeah like is there some fucked up chemical imbalance in this kid's yeah. head or was this her fault like, right. can she blame herself? Was right. there somewhere along the line where she could have stopped him? Yeah, people um, definitely do becoming... blame her, right? Like, <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah. Where, where people blame her for what her son did. And, like, I get it. Like, people are trying to place blame. And I think it's definitely, like, a combination of, of both nature and nurture. I think there's never, like, a clear, like, oh, it's only nature. Oh, it's only nurture. <laughs> like, that's not how uh -huh, the world works, uh -huh. you know? Um but but even like she tries to get him help early in his life and the doctors don't see anything wrong or whatever. And and right. there's no checking back in on that. So that theme is really present throughout. And I, I think it probably haunts her as well. Like, could I have done something to stop him? Was I a horrible mother? Like, it's just it's so sad because <laughs> mm -hmm. she didn't want that life. And, and I mean, no, exactly. So. And she's she's also very much like the only one that's sort of getting, I think, that side of yeah. Kevin, that side oh of her God. son. Yeah. The way I, I look at this movie, it's sort of like charting the creation of like a psychopath, yeah. basically. Mm -hmm. Like we see it from from birth to this moment of extreme violence mm -hmm. and after. And I think like the way that Kevin can turn the charm on and off, oh just like on a dime, like yeah. that's. Like even Very... his own father doesn't see it. His own exactly, father yeah. Him. He, he I... can't see it because he's always not. He's always 
pleasant with it. Yeah. It starts at such an early age. It starts with the the arm breaking, I think, is the first really clear, like he lied to his dad for the very first time in front of his mom. And she started to see that, oh, he's a different yeah. person when he's not with me. Like, like it happens in other situations, but that was such a clear cut moment when she was like, he's not the same kid when he's around me at home and it's just us versus when he's around anyone else. And it just right. keeps showing up throughout the, throughout the movie. So. Yeah. Yeah. The way he kind of like plays these mind games with Eva. And yeah. then when, when his dad, when Franklin comes in, he's just like, Oh, Hey dad, how's it going? How's work? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <clears throat> I, um, I can't imagine like, can you uh, like raising a kid like that? And then, having absolutely no validation from anyone else that that this is happening no one right. else gets it no one else sees it no one else and that's what he's trying to do he's trying to make her feel crazy when <laughs> he's the one who's playing all the games and yeah it's pretty wild yeah, yeah and i i think that's that's also part of why this movie kind of makes me feel uneasy like why it, it gives me that feeling of yeah. dread gives me those those little gooseies it's like <laughs> like i think it scares me both for the ideas it presents like yeah. what if you know but then also like the way in which they're presented yeah um for sure it's very effective very their imagery too just like kind of drives that home the the color red showing up so often and like in different ways was really intense another sort of theme another kind of thing that i i was noticing in this movie like a lot this time around um was just the sort of commentary on the notoriety and fame that we give to murderers mm. and serial killers and, and people so who do such like horrendous things yeah. i mean even like i'm even just thinking about over the summer like the the fucking kid in, in Kenosha. Oh my god! Who like shot the protesters, yeah. and then his name was everywhere, and his all these blue everywhere. lives matter. I'm pretty people. sure he's like going on a tour right now, like he's <sighs> out of jail insane. and like speaking on behalf of like the GOP. Like, are you fucking kidding yeah. me? And it, and it's like this guy straight up killed people, like yeah, in, fucking in the middle of the street. Yeah, it was so, not a secret. There is nothing we have to prove. This is exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same with this uh, situation where like there's like it's clearly there's one person at fault, one person responsible for doing it. And there's just the, like this horrible act of violence. And part of the motivation behind the the violent act that he commits late in the films, it seems to be this promise of like being somebody interesting yeah. and sort of breaking out of these for normal sure. routines and expectations. Yeah, and I think there's also with that this idea that like <laughs> everything is fake, like every yeah. people are just performing and that is exactly what he's doing. And he really like pushes that narrative throughout the story of like, mm. especially with the way that Kevin pretends with his mom versus anyone else. It's this idea that the world is just constructed to to fit these certain like circumstances and i i'm saying no and i'm gonna do whatever the fuck i want even if it hurts people yeah. and and it shows up like in the last scene with the way that he talks about what he did but it's really interesting the way that like reality is so skewed for kevin in the movie mm -hmm. and reality is so skewed for eva it's just, oh yeah absolutely yeah. yeah there's this really great monologue that kevin has like midway through the film where he's sort of talking about it, it's 
like a very sort of surreal scene because he's sort of like on a TV that Eva's watching, mm-hmm. but he's not really on a TV and he's I don't know if he's really saying these things but he he has this whole bit where he's saying like what are you doing right now but watching me mm-hmm. and you think that they wouldn't have changed the channel by now if I just got an A in geometry or mm-hmm. something like that and it's like yeah we the, and I this might be like a very American thing but like we want to see violence like we want to see psychopaths and then we're so shocked at real life violence literally I think this is a discussion I've had with friends this last couple years with Mm. movies come out coming out on like Jeffrey Dahmer and like other serial killers that like we we put hot ass men in those characters and people are like obsessed with Ross Lynch as Jeffrey Dahmer like that's so hot like oh, that's really freaking gross like stop which is weird also have you seen that movie no I haven't oh my god okay I just, yeah I've, <laughs> I'm good like I've I don't want to see movie. it <laughs> I've seen that movie and he's he's not hot in that role he's, not, <laughs> he's like the most awkward character or, or in the world. even like fucking and he's um, a murderer like I and you people obsess over joe and you and it's like dude he oh, yeah. kills people same with um zach efron played some serial killer at some point like it's yeah. just we, we like really idealize yeah we just i don't know the right word like idealize these people as like mm-hmm. like we try to put humanity into them and like yeah they are human this is true but they also fucking like <laughs> we're serial killers and we shouldn't be making movies about their lives like I don't know. And maybe we should. It's like I've had this conversation so many times of like, do we do we make that into a movie? Do we watch that movie? Do we consume that media? Or is that like immoral to like support that? I don't know. It's 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 I don't know. It's an interesting argument. I have I've had it a couple times with friends. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I yeah, I think that's a complex situation. It is. (laughs) There there are a lot of, of different arguments I think you can make for or against it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like, I'm not opposed to movie violence um, <laughs> or like video yeah. game violence or yeah. whatever, because it, it's like as a rational human being, I can be like, OK, this is fake. Right. This is fake. And, you know, for the most part, I think a lot of things that portray violence portray it as <laughs> a negative thing. Yeah. So it's it's not like, you know, it's going to influence me to run out and right kill someone or, or something you know yeah well not you well sorry not me <laughs> <laughs> i just wonder like does it make it more okay or less okay when we use actual real people who cause this actual real harm now like while there's still people that were physically affected by them still alive you know mm, that's like a, yeah. i don't know if there's a there should be a line there like i i mean people don't people in fucking entertainment don't have lines like that like they're just like oh we can make a movie right. about it you know like, like push, i get it i'm pushing the boundary <laughs> yeah right. but i feel like that's maybe a boundary we don't need yeah yeah well, like this this, this conversation sort of came up i think with um once upon a time in hollywood which was the latest movie that quentin tarantino made that includes like the manson family mm. and sharon tate you know, and there was like this whole conversation around like, well, is this right to be <laughs> portraying these people in this movie? Yeah. And, and especially in this light. I don't know. I think, again, there's a lot that can be said. Yeah, There's like giving a platform to, to people who, you know, it's just like, I yeah. don't know. It's a it's a really complex argument. We don't have to get into it anymore right now. But like, it's just <laughs> no, I like it. I, I mean, don't know I what think to it's... think about it. I don't know. 
don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think not to like totally derail this conversation, but like I think <laughs> in the case of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I like I think it's respectful to Sharon Tate and her legacy and a lot more so than mm-hmm. like another movie that came out around that same time that was uh I forget what it's called. I think it's like The Haunting of Sharon Tate or something. Oh. And it it's got Hillary Duff in it as Sharon Tate. <laughs> and it's it's like this awful movie that's just like this like dumb horror movie that trivializes this woman's death and yeah. makes it this whole like paranormal thing or something. Yeah. Oh. And it's just like that's bad. Like that mm-hmm. is bad. <laughs> yeah i know even um, like um because because obviously like I, I i don't know any of the people that were affected by like fucking jeffrey dahmer or like right. or the other guy that used bundy ted bundy, ted bundy whatever but i remember what was the show that came out about the murder in manitowoc wisconsin uh oh was that making, making a, a murder so my family lived in manitowoc when that happened and when that movie came, or that show came out, my mom was fucking pissed. She was so angry. She was like, she has such Whoa. strong feelings on that case because she lived there while it was happening. And there uh-huh. were so many like politics around it. And Fuck. so, so like my mom was like, why are they talking about this? This is a clear cut case and they shouldn't be just, like, you know, it was just like, it mm-hmm. was so frustrating for her to see that made into something to make money off of. Like this was, yeah. this was something that people lived through and it hurt them and it hurt the community. And so she was, she was so angry and I get it. It makes a lot of sense. And oh, I definitely. Under, and that was like a sm- smaller, I mean, in quotes, smaller case, you know, like that wasn't <laughs> like a, a serial uh, killer. It was a dude that I think he only only killed one person oh my god okay. <laughs> anyway <laughs> like look re- relative, relative. To some of these other people we're talking about but you know serial killers have hurt so many people and and there's so many stories about people who have like met these serial killers not knowing that they were serial killers and somehow surviving and like you know it's just yeah. there's so much that that it could hurt a community to like watch that while people are still living that were affected by it so anyway yeah. No, I think that's true. This is not. I think that's a good point. (laughs) I I don't think this is based on any specific thing that happened. No, but that was a a, like good conversation. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I will say though. I will say though. On the note of we need to talk about Kevin and violence within the movie. Like, I think there there's a lot of very deliberate restraint in the amount of violence that we actually see depicted on screen. That's so true. And I think it's for this very reason. I think it's yeah. because it's it's criticizing and and sort of making this commentary on uh-huh. this very American story of of you know boy yeah. grows up and commits violence in a specific setting that might <laughs> spoil the movie. But yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk about that. Interesting because when we watched this movie with my roommates, we were all like, "Oh, that wasn't like." horror like we didn't see any gore like what did we watch this for <laughs> we were all kind of like oh that was like kind of anticlimactic we didn't see what happened and so uh-huh. there's this want to see the gore like what kind of, similar to literally what we were exactly talking about like i wanted to yeah. see it like i wanted to see it happen yeah. but yeah. we shouldn't want that like that's, <laughs> we shouldn't want that like that's kind of fucked up that that's we want pretty that, fucked right? up that's incredibly fucked up like the story was already fucked up i didn't yeah. need to see it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but then at the same time, we we just talked about Hellraiser, you know, a few yeah. weeks ago. And like, that's a very yeah. g- gross, gory movie. <laughs> yeah. 
but it's fantastic. You know, like yeah, we, you love to see the yeah. effects in that movie because they're so well done sure. and it's so like I don't know, it's so bizarre. It's so yeah, and maybe now thinking about it, I'm like I I'm okay with seeing that violence because it's it's clearly mm-hmm. not real. It clearly right. can't happen in this situation. This is so real. It could happen, and it mm-hmm. and it has happened right in our current society it's happened so many times so it's probably a very good thing that we didn't see it it was so deliberate that we didn't see it but there's still this like kind of but i watched that whole thing and didn't even get to see it happen like you know know, anyway uh, i think this movie is really more psychological and like the way that it affects you for sure that's sort of why i i would consider it horror is because it's sort of like uh it's like a slasher movie that is horribly depressing and you don't <laughs> explicitly see people get killed I've never because seen a slasher movie but yeah i not want that okay <laughs> <laughs> all right it's all right we'll change that <laughs> yeah let's see other things that we can talk about that aren't really spoilers I think the the set design in this movie is really great. Mm-hmm. And same with the cinematography. Like the the spaces that we see these characters in, specifically Eva, because she's the one character that we see throughout yeah. the entire movie. It's told from her perspective. Just the different spaces that we see her inhabit. There's like the apartment that she lived in with Franklin, I think oh, before they... Was- so dope. Yeah, <laughs> such like, a cool it, apartment. It, exactly. Like this was before they had Kevin, and it's it's like a very nice space. It feels welcoming. And then you compare that to like the family home after they have Kevin, yeah. after they move, or like her house later on. Yeah, they're they're all so distinct in yeah. like their own ways, and I think they really reflect like mood and personality mm-hmm. and like where she's. And her comfort level, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Like so comfortable with traveling the world and being unattached to things. And that just changes like the house with the kids is so sterile and and empty. And and in her only space that isn't gets destroyed by her freaking sons, (laughs) you know, it's just like everything else is very. Yeah, you're right. It very much reflects her state as a human in the world. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. And the the family home, like you're saying, like it feels very sterile. Yeah. Uh, but it's also like it's so bright and it's so mm-hmm. modern and like it should feel like a home. Comforting. But it just yeah. it just feels like the sort of shell of a house. Yeah. Where people like maybe live. <laughs> maybe <laughs> they're know? just showing it. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe it's like a uh what do they call it like a model house yeah uh, i don't know <laughs> for sure realty I know what you mean realty i should know that probably yeah Let's that's see. really true i think they're and and even in <clears throat> um her workplace is very like changes yeah. with obviously the circumstances but she was really successful with had kids and before this big mm-hmm. tragedy and and she still was successful with the kids but but it was definitely a different kind of successful for her. Previously, she was successful in living her life and being free and traveling the world. And then once she has kids, she's successful in writing about those travels rather than living them. And right. I think that's very telling of, I mean, her situation, obviously. But yeah. That's so true. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a really good observation. And it's also because the mo- the whole movie is like that. The whole movie mm-hmm. is like her 
thinking about something that already happened yeah you know rather than like living through something so true. which is interesting yeah it's and i wonder if that was i'm kind of thinking about like did they is she just consistently living in the past or is this her working through the situation and her her past to continue to create a new life like i can't really tell right if she's just stuck in this like pain cycle of suffering and and dread or if this is her actively working through it to try to move on it's a good question <laughs> it is <laughs> um, yeah but i i don't know if that's supposed to be answered in the movie i don't think it really is but yeah i i mean i have some thoughts on that but that would get into uh target about specific yeah, things okay. in the movie so hold off on that for a second cool um would you recommend this movie to people who haven't seen it yes i would with like a caveat of it could be really harmful to people's mental health it's just like yeah. really it's a it's a downer it's definitely talks about a lot of mental health issues and grief and all of that and also it's definitely a slow moving move movie so like i think that's why my roommates didn't like it because they were like <laughs> where's the climax it, like why isn't yeah. it building but i think that it was really artfully done so if you care a lot about that i would absolutely recommend it yeah yeah it i mean it's like a two-hour movie almost <laughs> but a lot of it is is visual storytelling yeah. which i mean if you're used to movies that are like people talking all the time might not, not do that. it for you yeah yeah <laughs> I, also if you're I, on I your would... phone during movies don't watch this movie because you'll miss the <laughs> yeah. entire story <laughs> you're gonna miss a lot because yeah it jumps around i i would definitely recommend this movie too kind of with the same caveat as, as you i think it's one of those movies that is like difficult to watch mm -hmm. because it's so depressing and yeah. because like even the sex scenes in this movie are depressing. <laughs> yeah. uh, They're not exciting. <laughs> no one no. is having a good time. <laughs> it's like the saddest thrusting you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> this is if you're um, having this kind of sex, this is your cue to get out. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, anyway. I don't really I don't really have like any huge complaints against it. I think yeah. like my main gripe with it is that there are some scenes that are sort of meant to present Kevin as creepy or weird mm. and they just kind of come across as like annoying or cringy <laughs> for me. Um, yeah. But maybe that's a personal thing. I don't know. Yeah. I think Ezra Miller, they're generally very good in this movie. Yeah. Uh, it, their performance is like a little uneven in places. And mm. I don't know if that's like the writing uh, or if it's like they're trying too hard to yeah. be weird or what but yeah it's always hard it with like works. actors portraying like a mental health issue because you're like right like we don't need to enforce stereotypes you know but i mean that's exactly yeah. how you create a character so it's kind of hard to to perform right. that i don't know and it's it's hard to i think nail down like a specific issue that mm -hmm. this character is dealing with yeah. Like, I think I think a lot of what we see in the movie is more indicative of of like psychopathy, uh, I think is what you would call it. But just like not being able to relate to people and being able to sort yeah. of, you know, put on this identity on the outside, but then feel a totally different way on the inside. And, you know, you think everything's bullshit. Everything's fake. You're above mm -hmm. it all, you know. 
So yeah. anyway, yeah, I, I would recommend it. I, I yeah. think it's a really well done movie. It is. It absolutely is. All right. Shall we get into some some spoilers? Yeah, let's get into some spoilers. All right. Well, and we'll also read some uh, messages that were sent to us. There's uh, one message we got that doesn't really spoil anything, so I'll just read it now. Uh, It's from my good friend Derek, and Derek said, "We need to talk about Kevin is great. Very dark. Leaves viewers with a lot to sit with." However, my main point is not actually about this movie at all. Rather, I would like to say, if you like this movie, I encourage you to watch Found from 2012, question mark, which is its micro-budget little cousin. All right. So Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Interesting. Thanks, Derek. I, thanks, Derek. I have not seen Found. <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> say if I recommend it or not, but yeah. there you go. Another, go. put it, write it down on your list. In your, in your brain. <laughs> Jot it down in your brain. <laughs> all right. What, what were all the? What I feel like we brought up a bunch of things that we were like. <laughs> we're like we'll spoilers. Come back to we'll this go back. We can spoil it. Um, um, oh. Oh. Okay. Uh, the red. Red imagery was. Oh yeah. Huge. Yeah. And I this. think the most telling image was. Um, okay. So she gets the paint on her house and she's scrubbing it off, and there's this shot of her washing the red paint off of her hands. And I looked at it and I was like, blood. She's washing blood off of her hands. And it's this idea that mothers have blood on their hands when their kids do something wrong. Mm. That really like stuck with me because there's the paint on her house. There's the the blood on her hands. There's the tomatoes. Like, you know, it, it shows right, up everywhere. Right. And it's I think that she feels so much guilt. Obviously, I think as any mother would and grief and like that it was all her fault when she tried she did try yeah. to 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 stop it like she saw something wrong and she was like we need to do fucking something and she she's very much like dealing with this question of of was this my fault like yeah. do i bear responsibility here yeah. and um, i think for what be, my son did it would be a lot different right if if franklin and her daughter were still around but she doesn't even have right. them to comfort or validate or go through this grief with because they were taken from her by her fucking son like yeah. and so she feels like not only the blood of other people's family but her family is on her hands and like oof ouch that's rough um yeah and we we see all these people who were also you know, affected by what yeah. Kevin did at the school. Like we see the mother of one of the kids yeah. who was injured or died and she just like straight, straight up assaults Eva, <laughs> like on the street. Yeah. She, she was like, she was like, you should, you should be fucking ashamed of yourself and like punched her in the yeah, face. I was like, was oh my God. Very surprising. I was so confused. Yeah. But then we also see people um, like the, I don't know his name, but the, there's a kid in a wheelchair that comes mm-hmm. up to her and is like, hey, how how are you doing? Yeah. I haven't seen you around. And like it's as uh, someone who I, I think was um, like shot by mm-hmm. Kevin and his yeah. arrows. After that little short snippet, they show him getting uh, carted out on a gurney from the high school. And he's still right. like he's not covered. So he's alive. Right. Which was not the case for most of the people so it was Mm -hmm. it was clear like it wasn't clear the first time i watched it because you know i was drunk but the second time i watched (laughs) it it was clear that like he was someone that was harmed by kevin so Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and and he doesn't seem to harbor like no. hate yeah. for her. Like, yeah, he seems more concerned for her. Yeah, um, I mean, I would, but I'm also not a mother of someone yeah. that you know. <laughs> and also, I think that yeah. there's they're kind of like these ghosts from her past that like she can't really escape, and and it's it's kind of wild to me because I thought that she moved out of that town after it happened because she moved closer to the prison and i guess i just assumed the prison wouldn't be in that town because that's not usually how it goes but there's so many people mm. that know like i i don't know i just kind of expected that people wouldn't know as much unless they like look, looked into it but they're all around I'm, you know I yeah it. i'm i'm guessing that kevin for the majority of the movie is in like a juvenile detention oh, I guess, center yeah. like i don't think he was old enough to be like tried and put in prison that's um, right and then it's like the two-year anniversary he's 18 and he's leaving that's right mm -hmm. and then it. yeah and then he's going like to the the big prison yeah um she just was like i skate of the big school and he was like yeah it's a fucking <laughs> adult prison what do you think like yeah. you know uh, fuck you kevin no, no sympathy no sympathy. um but this this is what I was going to bring up. Like, I think the ending kind of speaks to that question um, that we were talking about earlier. Uh, oh, 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 I think it was whether whether or not this is like her looking back at this. Oh, and trying yeah. To see if she's responsible so she can move on or something. Yeah. Or if um, she's just reliving the pain over and over and over. Yeah. Right. Right. And I think to an extent the end of the movie seems to imply that maybe she's going to be able to move on in yeah. some way from this. Especially because he's being transferred, right? So she might be able to leave right. and start a new life where no one knows who she is. Yeah, or she might Very even soon. be able to like let him go and, yeah. and not, you know, feel like she has to show up and be his mother still. Yeah, I mean, um, to an extent, but there's still that, there's that scene where she does his laundry still all the time and makes up his room in mm. her new house still all the time. And, mm -hmm. and and so I kind of feel like she's holding on to like, this is my only family I have left. Like she's her mother. She doesn't have her husband right. anymore. And I think she's holding on to the one day he'll be out and I can like redeem myself for, for this situation, which it's, it's not completely her fault. So yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know. No, that's, that's a good point too. But I think, the red paint that splashed across her house, I think is like, we see it at the start of the movie and it's kind of like this mark that stays with her. And she's yeah. like chipping away at it throughout the movie. And by the end, she's gotten it all off. She's mm -hmm. like clean the house. And That's to me, so I, I saw that as her sort of, sort of in a way saying like, maybe I'm responsible for part of this, but we can't. You can't live with that Tell our, all the time. Yeah, like you yeah. can't let that sit in the back of your head your entire life. So yeah. I don't know if that's like her absolving herself or being like, I have to move on from this yeah. or what. I I don't know, but I thought it was um, I thought it was effective imagery. And I think that's it really also sort of implies in a way that she is wanting to move on. Yeah, I will. I so badly want her to move on. <laughs> I, like, I, I want too. her to go back to traveling to places where no one knows who she is and right. whatever the fuck she wants. Like she always wanted to like, like right. it sucks that this is the new start she gets, but this is a new start she gets. She gets 
And it's not what she always wanted, right? She didn't want Franklin and her fucking daughter to die and her son to be in prison, but she did want yeah. to be able to have the freedom to go. And like, she has it now. And it, it made me so sad that she was kind of just stuck in this limbo of pain and dread and just reliving that whole situation all the time. So, and I get like, I, I totally get like, after that happens, you can't not think back to, Oh, when he was a baby, he never stopped crying. And then when he grew up right. a little bit, he didn't talk. You can't not think back and go like, these were the signs. Like I could have stopped it. But. Right. Because um, everyone develops at a different pace. Yeah. And like, I, I think that scene where she takes him to the doctor and he's still a toddler. That's her being like, please tell me there's something like explicitly wrong with. Yeah. Him. So we can fix so it. Can, like, yeah. So yeah. I can name it and I can fix it. But she can't she can't and it's like she tried she tried so hard. she did what she could and had they taken it seriously they could have diagnosed it early and they could have gotten him help but instead mm -hmm. they ignore it franklin doesn't see it and so she's made to think she's crazy and that she can't see this and and, and it's not true like what she's seeing isn't true and so she doesn't do anything and that harbors hate and and upsetness at her son rightfully so he was a shitty mm. kid to her you know oh yeah and a yeah. shitty human eventually but you know <sighs> yeah i think that's another thing that this movie kind of brings up and and makes you think about like do we if someone does something so awful like this so early on in their life i mean he was 16 yeah. and like that's you know that's older but it's not like he's not an adult mm -hmm. you know he's still a kid really mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things like do we let that person be punished for the rest of their life yeah. for this or is oh. there like at some point where you have to say like well he learned his lesson and he won't be doing that again you know <laughs> we have to let him live his life but yeah i i don't um, know like that's another that's another like big question I think this kind of gets into, I mean, this is where my mind, went, my mind went, but like prison abolition, like what, what could be done to get him to a point where he wouldn't do that again? It's not prison. Right. It's not right. it, you know? And so I feel like people like that are maybe the type of people that should not be in society. Like he can't, he, he was, can't be rehabilitated. No, but he could be in a something else not a prison right like they when mm -hmm. we think about prison abolition every abolitionist is like we don't want prisons but we know that there's still people that shouldn't be in society we have a different facility and idea for that and so i think he's in that group of people that should not be a part of society i don't know yeah he's, he doesn't seem like someone that could be changed i feel like it's one of those things where it's a chemical imbalance it's probably not something that we have medication for it's not depression it's not anxiety you know like maybe they do have medication yeah. for i don't know i don't have it um <laughs> but prison isn't where he's gonna change especially no. not a 16 year old i don't know movies like these make me so sad because he's gonna live his rest of his life in prison and that's just how it's gonna yeah. be but i don't know it's like does he deserve that <laughs> Like, like that's what makes it a hard know, like, question because it's like yeah he took people's lives he ruined other people's lives yeah. and for what like at the end she's like why did you do it and he's like i, I thought i knew but i don't yeah, i, don't, I don't, don't know anymore yeah and it's like and maybe that's yeah, like a sign of hope know. you know that he, uh, he right. was so sure of it in the moment mm -hmm. and he was so sure of like 
people like I need to be a person that people talk about. And now he's like, yeah. you know what? I don't know why the fuck I did it. You know, <laughs> it's and not not all it was cracked up to be. Yeah. And so I, I wonder if that's looking at it from like an abolitionist standpoint, he is able to with the right tools be a person that can live in society, you know, but the the prison yeah. system is not that system and our education system is not that system, you know. So it's just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like what is a different world that we could anyway. And, and it's also it's also hard because he's a compulsive liar and like yeah. he does not show his real self to anyone but his mom really. Yeah. So even if he he does say like yeah, I really regret what I did. I would never do it again. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know what, what I was thinking. It's like he could just be telling you what you want to hear. Exactly. Because he he reads people really well. He knows. Yeah. He's really good at like feigning re- emotion and like yeah, like showing you a face that is not his, you know. Like Which his smile. Shit. Oh, his smile. That's <laughs> Yeah. That's psychopath shit. Like we we talked about Ted Bundy earlier and like Ted Bundy was known to be this like super handsome, charming guy. And then it's like, yeah. oh yeah, there's fucking bodies, what bodies under his floorboards or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So that's also like some you shit. That's the same. Have you seen that show? No, that's fine. It's really not. I don't care about it though. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not interested. But that's the Um, same same thing. He's this charming. He's quiet and he's mysterious and he kills women. Um, You know, so I think that's that's definitely true. But but Kevin is very similar in that way. Of Mm -hmm. yeah, and I think it's really interesting that his mom is the only one he shows his his real self to. Like, right. Like that was definitely very de- delib- deliberate, but it, it's interesting that that was like, and maybe it's because he wanted to get back at her for not wanting him and not loving him. I don't really know the reason. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Also, I didn't connect. I had to whole, say. I didn't connect the Robin Hood book until I read later. Did you connect mm. that? Yeah, I didn't connect it. Yeah, I, I did after... It wasn't like when she was initially reading it to him, but it was, I don't know when I connected it, but at some point I was like, oh yeah, but he's trying to be Robin Hood. Like he mm. likes the whole bow and arrow and yeah. he thinks yeah. he's doing the right thing. I don't know. I don't know. Does he? I don't know. I think he Maybe. thinks there's no right thing, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. He's like there's no nah. right thing. So I might as well, you know, <laughs> be Robin Hood and kill people. But this was also like obvious. The obvious conclusion I drew was mass shootings in schools. And that's, I think, like the most dreadful thing about this whole movie. Because like, yeah, that's like one of my biggest fears in the entire world is like I have fucking recurring dreams about school shootings. I am terrified that that would ever happen to me. And so like this or people in my life and and this movie was absolutely that it was just, you know, pre- <laughs> machine guns and shit, playing <laughs> bump stocks and all that. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's really interesting that it's a bow that he uses <sighs> opposed to like a gun. Like, I think that's a really interesting choice. And I don't know if if maybe that's done deliberately to like not be like, oh, this is explicitly like a Columbine. Yeah. You know, Wait, when did Columbine from happen? that or something? Uh, that was like the 90s, I believe. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm really good at history. Because this, bo- this book was <laughs> in 2003. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's another thing where I, I don't like 
seeing movies about school shootings because I know there's so many people who have lived through them that that has right. to be so incredibly harmful for them to rewatch something like that and relive that trauma. And so yeah. at the same time, though, there are so many things that are traumatic that we have media about, you know, like that is just like that is the reality. Right, right. And like you just kind of stay away from it if you have a traumatic experience with it. So, so yeah. that's not like and I mean, it, positive, but. sure. No, and I think it's I think it's reasonable if it's something that you're very sensitive to and you yeah. don't want to engage with that. Like, yeah. whatever, that's up to yeah. you. But like, yeah, I mean, I don't think we should shy away from making movies about difficult yeah, things. Like, I think true. it, I think they can tell us a lot about our, ourselves and a lot about the world we live in. Um, I think this movie definitely does. Like, this it does. It brought up a lot of really good questions <laughs> that we yeah. talked about for almost an hour now. So, yeah, that's true. It's definitely yeah. very relevant. And I think that's why. It's so scary. It's yeah. Our like we this is the longest time we've gone in America without a school shooting in in how many years? And it's because people aren't in school. So yeah, exactly. Which is just, <laughs> it's a shitty reality, and like it's this just movie really definitely reflects up. that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Anyway, should we um read some uh, some comments, or do you have more things yeah. you want to say? Sure. No, that's, I mean, that's I could nice. say a lot more, but <laughs> for the sake of time, I probably shouldn't. Um, do, would you like to read the one from Layla? Sure. Okay. So from Layla, hey guys, I watched We Need to Talk About Kevin and it totally spooked me. I thought it was very artfully done. I thought the first scene, the tomato fight in Spain, set up the chaos and the feelings of overwhelming dread in the very in a very effective way. And I thought it was very creepy how it was juxtaposed to the school shooting scene. Dot, 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 terrifying. <laughs> so true, so true. <laughs> so true. I liked the use of the color throughout the movie as well. The red tomatoes, paint on the mother's house, and then the blue and gray colors to represent loneliness and grief after the massacre. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. I was honestly pretty captivated throughout the entire thing. I suspected the end when Kevin got his crossbow as a present, but I was still shocked and terrified seeing the shooting scene carried out at the end. Overall, very well done movie. I felt bad for both Kevin and his mother throughout the film, which I think was intentional by the directors. Dot mm -hmm. that made me terrified to be a parent. LOL, cry, laugh face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. If this movie doesn't have that effect on you. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm like, uh, okay, never having kids. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Layla. We really appreciate the message. You brought up a lot of really great things. Mm -hmm. The use of color, we talked about a little bit. Yeah. And you, yeah, you mentioned the blue and gray colors to sort of represent her loneliness and, and grief after yeah. the killing. And I, I think that sort of goes back to the point I was making also about the like specific scenic design or, or set mm -hmm. design of the movie where like her house that she lives in after her family dies yeah you know like it's it's not a welcoming space very also. somber yeah it's very closed off from the world very dark like i love the light coming in through the window mm -hmm. with the red paint splashed over it so it's kind of like yeah room all red yeah um, i think it's really great yeah and then the the thing about kevin getting the crossbow as a present from his dad who he then later 
murders with yeah. the same fucking crossbow. Like that's fucked up. There's it's very fucked up. There's there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <would> agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we now we don't have time to unpack all of that, Mm-mm. as as a great man once said. Um, what? So it's, it's a John Mulaney quote. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So <laughs> now our our last message that we got from Iris, who. Full disclosure is my girlfriend, and I did make her watch this movie. Uh, <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> yeah, but she she had a lot to say about it, and she sent us a couple messages, actually. Um, she said, oh, hey, Gooseys, here are some <laughs> thoughts with a Z. First of all, love the repeated usage of the color red right from the very beginning. It was just a small thing, but it was used so effectively throughout the movie. And I always knew something important was going to happen when I saw red. Tilda Swinton kills it as always. Uh, Bad choice of words. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I had so many moments of feeling bad for both her and Ezra Miller. The sequence of events is believable enough to make you worry, or at least make me worry. Who the fuck is it? Lucas? Come in here. Lucas is here. My issue with we need to talk about Kevin <laughs> is the fact that watch this movie. There was the lack of the Flash and the Sorcerer Supreme in it, (laughs) but. Get, the f- get out of my room. Get out get of my out room. Get out of here. Oh, God. Where where was I? Uh, <laughs> I had so many moments of feeling bad for both her and Ezra Miller. Sequence of events is believable enough to make you worry, or at least make me worry about failing as a parent. Definitely. Oh. <laughs> it's so painfully clear that it was never part of Eva's plan to become a mom, and at least not at the time she became pregnant mm. or settled down with Franklin. And watching her try her hardest was difficult. Because I think right from Kevin's birth, there's a guilt present in her character Mm. uh, that she didn't feel that instant spark of connection to her son. And these supposed natural maternal instincts just Mm -hmm. weren't there for her. That was Iris's first message. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and then she, she goes on to say when she took Kevin to see the pediatrician, to me, it almost felt like she was desperately hoping the doctor would say something was wrong with him. Mm -hmm. uh, Because if there was, she maybe thought she wouldn't have this guilty feeling weighing over her as heavily. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, Um, absolutely. We talked about that a little bit too. Yeah, And of course, Kevin immediately resents her for it as well. I think of Ezra Miller as this harmless little butterfly who would never hurt anyone, but seeing them as Kevin, I was legitimately disturbed. Mm. The story to me makes it look like Eva is to blame for her son turning out the way he did, but it did call into question for me what would have happened if the two of them had connected when Kevin was young. Mm. He had a caring father who he got along with, and he still shot up his high school in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) So true, so true. So true. Except it's arrows, so it's more like... Like... I don't know how, how to make How do you do that? Sound. That was really good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be joking about that. Yeah, That's literally, right. though, like, there's that scene where they're, like, he was shooting the arrow, arrows, and his dad was like, yeah, did you hear that good song? Shooting song. Like, like, okay. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, he's going to murder you. Like, yeah. Going going back to Iris's message, I felt terrible for what happened to Franklin and Celia, who only gave Kevin love and support, and yeah. they died. 
maybe not because of it, but they were still brutally murdered by someone they loved. Mm -hmm. If anything, the movie goes to show that sometimes you really can't trace a tragedy back to a perfectly logical logical explanation. Right. Even if there were warning signs, you probably won't realize until it's too late. It's likely Eva is always going to carry this feeling of blame for what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very true. Very well said. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I think the commentary on her as a mother, her not wanting to become a mother was so evident. And and I'm like, okay, pro choice, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, and then, and that's it. I've been talking to my friends a lot about, um, I'm, re- I'm reading Untamed by Glennon Doyle right now, which I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like mm-hmm. about how we're socialized as women and like how we're socialized to think like this is good enough. I should be thankful rather than fighting for what you actually want. Oh, um, interesting. Which is so, so true. And I think in that situation, like she sorry, I'm going to go into this book a little. She talks a lot about like it. the knowing inside of you, like the the quietness inside of you and going to that place and and having that sense of knowing if you practice it enough rather than looking for the to the world and to the people around you for the answers because you have all the answers that you need. Oh, um, interesting. I've been thinking a lot about a lot about it and and also in this idea of like living wholeheartedly, like how do you go about your life and not get stuck in a place where you like I have this immense fear now that I'm like starting to look for a job and like finding like things to do. I'm like so afraid of getting stuck into something that I'm like, oh, well, this is secure enough. This is good enough for me. Like right. I don't want to be that person. I really want to like continue to challenge myself and find things that I love and, and change when I need to. And this story is essentially like life giving her these circumstances and everyone telling her this is what you need to do this is good enough this is this is the next step in your life when she really just wanted to keep traveling and she really didn't want to be tried down and that's yeah like the that's like such a huge fear i feel like for a lot of women in our generation around our age of like we've been told Mm -hmm this is good enough. Like these are the expectations for your life. And once you get them, like you're good, you're set. And that's Yo, like, yeah, definitely. you know, that's not, that's not how we're meant to live. That's not how life no, is supposed it's, to be. It's also not one size fits all. No, you it's know? not. Yeah. Not, not everyone's going to want to, you know, mortgage the house and no. be a mother and stay at home. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to her. And she's gets stuck in this situation that, that I think a lot of young women and young even young men that or people in general like you don't Mm -hmm. that's not what we want to be stuck in and and if like some people really want kids but some people have them at the wrong time and it's just it's just a a very we've talked about dread so much in this episode but dreadful situation where you're like this is just in my gut not what i want and there's you, you feel like there's no way out and i thought that was really present throughout this movie so yeah iris had a lot of good points thanks iris Absolutely. Thank you, Iris. <laughs> she she did have one more message she sent like after the fact. Uh, and she just said, I, I also forgot to say Celia was an interesting addition to the family mm. uh, because it didn't seem like she displayed any early signs of being super disturbed. And I feel like she either exists because Eva wants the second attempt at motherhood. Maybe she can raise this kid right and not fuck her up. Yeah. Or she's there for us to realize maybe there was nothing anyone could have done about Kevin. She might have never felt that bond or connection with him because somehow she knew from the beginning something bad was going to happen. And even though she suffered through so much, maybe that lack of bond was what ended up saving her life. Wow. 
Oh my God. That's so true. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, we, we didn't really talk too much about Celia as a character, yeah. but I, th I think Iris, like you, you bring up a really good point about her sort of being like such a strong contrast to who Kevin is yeah. and the relationship between her and her parents and I guess specifically her and Eva yeah. is, is also such a strong contrast. Mm -hmm. And it does make you question, like, was it something she did or, or was this like truly just something that was inevitable? Right. And yeah, I, I think I, I also read Celia as a character being like, Eva's chance to Redeem. try again. Yeah. 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 Essentially. Sure. Yeah. Um, That's really interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So cool. Thank you for all of your great messages. Yeah. Really good stuff. I like. I like the. I like the messages. I think we should keep doing it. We I should do force too. all yeah. our friends to keep watching the movie. <laughs> send us messages. Yeah. Well, <laughs> which kind of brings me to closing out this episode, which. <laughs> I, I just want to say, I think we're going to move this to being like a monthly thing mm -hmm. uh, just because Michaela has a lot on her plate and editing these does take longer. Um, yeah, because so, <laughs> so, they're long episodes. Because they're long. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think we'll do this monthly and sort of have it be like, we'll announce the title and then you have all this time to watch it. Yeah. Message us on thoughts. Instagram, message us on Twitter. Yeah. Um, let us know what you think. Text us individually if you have our numbers. Text, yeah, enough to know if, us. <laughs> if you don't know us, don't text. Us. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> that not. might be weird. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, which brings me to next movie. Next movie. I think now that it's monthly, I think I want to skip ahead one so we can get to this episode that Scott actually would like to be yes. on on movies to give you goosies be a part of and that's talking about the exorcist uh yeah. which is one of his very favorite movies and also a movie i love a lot uh so i'm guessing that episode will be out beginning of march let's just say that um yeah. i have first march, march. Third down let's do it the, yeah yeah great F first wednesday of march send us your um, thoughts by then awesome Actually, a week before yeah, then, give, probably. Give the Exorcist a watch, please. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe before we record the episode. Yeah. But that's all we got for this week. For uh, we need to talk about Kevin. Um, yeah. Michaela, any closing thoughts? Uh, no. Watch the movie if you want. Give thoughts for the Exorcist. That's that's all. That's all, really. All right. All Thanks right. for joining cool. us, everyone. We will see you in March next month. Heck next yeah. Month. All right. All right. Bye, everyone.